0: Okay, Kev, here we are again on a a wonderful Monday night. Um, As I was just explaining, I'm supposed to be playing in a simulator league right now with one of our other pool participants, but that was uh, rudely canceled, or should I say delayed on me. Um, But the second best thing is shooting the shit about golf with you. So what the hell's going on? How was your weekend? What's front of mind? What are we hitting today? Tonight?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um you know, solid weekend, Did a little uh snowboarding up in New Hampshire, so uh had a good time with that. Uh watched a little golf as much as I could. Um yeah, excited to to get into this week. Not again, not the most exciting week coming up here, but um I wanted to get right into, you know, we <laughs> the Max homer you know. We uh I, I listened to that podcast, by the way, so I have some thoughts on that. Um but he got the win. So I don't know. If, you know, I had a couple of my friends reach out. They were looking for, I think, uh, demanded an apology is what one of my friends
0: said. Uh, but, you I, know. I've been chirped. I've been <laughs> chirped to Bolivian on this. And, and I'm ready to address it if we want to jump right into it. so I, I would like to jump into that. But but what I will say is that you – so – and and I didn't even think
1: of this until after the fact because I was thinking about going back, like thinking about what we discussed on the pod – and, and I remember now, thinking back a little bit more vividly, that you actually gave out Homa as one of your yes! players.
0: right He was my first pick to win the tournament. People forget. I don't know how loud this is going to come but out, but nobody... I've, been, I've been hearing this a lot, so I'm real, real sensitive <laughs> about this. All weekend, as Homa was making his charge, it's just, shoving it up your ass. Here comes Max. Look what Max is doing to you. And I was like, I... I picked him to win the tournament. It's not, it's not my fault. He's not funny. He's an amazing golfer. Like, do I think I'd beat him in a golf match? Yes. Yes. If you give me enough strokes, I would, but it doesn't mean I'm going to laugh at his jokes. So I'll, you know what? I'll address it. I'll address it. I went back today and listened to the life advice again, because the feedback that I've got from everybody is that I'm wrong. And I'd like to think that I'm not. And I still don't think I am, but when you hear it from literally everybody, and everybody is going in one way, and you're the only person on either side, it's sort of tough to stay there. I went back and listened. I'm not changing my point of view. I'm not doing it. He's not funny. I don't, I don't see it. I'll give him some more compliments. We're gonna be dissecting like a Rusillo podcast, I guess. So let's all right, let's, let's, let's get the roadmap before we get into this. Let's start off. We'll talk about Max. We'll hit this little story time period that we've sort of incorporated here. And then we'll get into our farmer's recap. And then we'll get into this weekend. But we have to we have to start here. So in his life advice, I found the moment where I decided he wasn't funny. And when you listen to it, there's a question that's like, Max, how do you uh, block out negative thoughts during your tournaments? And I'm like... Prior to that point, he'd been giving some pretty good insight. And I'll actually get to something that he sort of said that I liked and thought about. Um, But for that particular question, which I was actually super interested in because I get nervous when I play for something and I was looking forward to how to not do that. He just goes, alcohol, next question. And I think he was expecting like a big like (laughs) a big like like laughing reaction, but it just sat there and it marinated. And it just, nothing happened and they just moved on. And I, in that moment, I was like, you're not funny. And I think maybe categorizing him overall is not funny because of that one line is unfair, but life's not yeah. fair. It was that bad of a line and I'm staying on that side of the fence. So,
1: okay. So if yeah. So if I, if I could just weigh in here, I think I have a lot of, a lot of takes on this, but I think that it, it sort of speaks to a little bit of like what we're trying to do here with this podcast and, and, and reach out to, to people. And, and I think that it kind of hits perfectly because nobody wants to discuss the fact that you, you know, he was one of your favorite golfers going into the tournament. It's just people want to sort of sensationalize and and, and get on you for the fact that you, you hit on him for not being funny, which I'm, I'll say, I listened to the podcast and I also i did not find him funny on that podcast but, i didn't i didn't thank i thought you. it was i thought it was a great listen number one i'm a, I'm a big fan of Racilla, and i don't listen to enough of this stuff and i should uh i like his i like just the way he delivers things even him yeah. like on his intro talking about moving and, and, the, yeah. and the, the terrible everyone that's something that everyone can relate to and i think that that if you know max homa and you're a fan of max homa like before that podcast or before you and i discussed him or whatever I really it's really not for his golf I don't think it's, it's for yeah. it's for what he does on Twitter and, and the way he interact he was one of the first professional athletes to really like interact with with his fans on Twitter and and that's why people love him and I yeah and and that and I think that's that's fine to admit like i I don't think I, I didn't find him particularly like laugh out loud funny on the podcast but I think that when we get these guys and they can they can give kind of like honest, Answers in a way that's like almost sometimes very honest or too honest. I think people are drawn to that, and and it's not for the aspect of like yeah he went out and won a, a golf tournament obviously like an elite world talent on on that level but like that's not why people are into him they they just they like the way that he interacts with the audiences for better or worse and you can think he's funny you can think he's not funny but but that's uh what people are sort of drawn to and I I found myself this weekend like. Um, following John Rom because I, I think that golf is missing a couple things. You and I spoke about a little bit, yeah. texted a little bit about um, yeah. the the Rory and the uh, Patrick Reed controversy. Yeah, it's a
0: great it's a great segue to a bigger topic, but yeah. you're you're hitting right on it. It's just and, and by the way, just to finish up on Max because I I'd love to get into some of this like just the overall growth of the game and what people are actually into and what maybe like the the fan that's not uh you know obsessed with the game is into yeah. But, so I, I shit on Max for not being funny. He pops off on Twitter after day one and, and has a line that literally made me laugh out loud. That was like, no bogeys, seven birdies, no subpoenas, great day. <laughs> and I was like, that is freaking, man, that's a great one-liner. It made me chuckle. But you hit on it last podcast. He might be a guy, Just and this is just finishing up on his humor, and then I'll leave this guy alone. I know he has such an incredibly tough life you know winning golf tournaments having like the smoothest swing like you know new new father he's got yeah. enough he can deal with me not thinking it's funny he may just need the run-up to a joke i just don't right. think he can do it on on the money on like on command and just be witty
1: which just is not- fine which is fine right like everyone has their space that they need you know their 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 spot where they can thrive but um and I think that's his. I think Twitter is his spot where he really thrives. But if I can say, I think the PGA tour is missing two things at this moment in time. Number one, they're missing a dominant, dominant, dominant figure like Tiger was in his day, where yeah. I'm really like looking at everyone we're just waiting for like that next big thing. I found myself this weekend, you know, after Rom had the the bad day on the South Coast, his first day, right? Like yeah. like pedestrian round uh almost in danger of not making the cut and then he had a, he had a good a, a, a solid if not great day on the north course the next day to come back and make the cut and then on Saturday he really had a great round again at the south and I was like okay like he's put himself in contention and I really found yeah. myself looking for him uh, rooting for him because um I would like he, he sort of had like a little dominant run here these last few weeks and okay. I wanted to just see him win again because I I think he's one of those people like Rory and like some of these other guys that when they talk to the media, the way they do it, it's just very much captivating. And to have to have him like go on a little bit of a dominant run, I think would be great for the game. And, and that, that's what's sort of missing. We're missing a little bit of controversy, like we saw with, with Rory and, and Patrick Reed. And we're missing dominant golf, like going out and winning yes. tournaments. Like there was a time when Tiger was in his heyday where you could say, Okay, who's is the field going to win, or is Tiger going right. to win? And it was a legitimate money. question. Even yes. money. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And I, I think we would like to get back to that with with a star that we can all get behind and root and and root for and 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 you know um, like
0: to support. I think I'm not I'm not sure it's possible anymore. That aspect, I, I yeah. think there may be too much top end talent. And I was with you on Rom, by the way. I read something on Twitter on Sunday that's like roms six shots back with four holes to go, but nobody's really tuning out because he can get that hot and It's true when yeah. he is the most dominant golfer right now, but like the if you look at some of the tiger numbers from the nineties and like his made cut streak, especially in the context of what we're doing now, where you're watching the best golfers in the world miss one of the first three or four cuts of the year. I mean, imagine not missing a cut for years uh plural right when he's playing every tournament too, there's none of this travel. He may be just a one of one, but I do think we need some sort of villain hero dynamic like we got in Dubai this this week. And if you don't know, if you didn't watch that tournament, Patrick Reed, uh, notorious bad guy on the PGA tour, like his, his history is pretty sketchy with um, not only his attitude, but he, he's been caught cheating pretty blatantly a few times and, and we'll did again this week. But that sort of makes him an easy bad guy to root for, but he's also great at golf, but but he creates viewers like love him or hate him. And most people hate him. I personally want to watch to see how blatantly he's going to cheat and watch everybody's reaction around him. And now Rory really got him this week because they had some little confrontation on the driving range with a toss tee, but for, and I think I tweeted this, but like for one day, golf dominated sports because of that tee flick and because of that little, in, in the, you know, interaction between those two. And because of some of the harsh, like press conference words, like golf was captivating for two freaking seconds. And then it wasn't again, because yeah. th- there's nobody like that on the PGA. Everybody's pretty likable. And even if they're not, they're not hateable. They're maybe just not as likable as other guys, but Reed and Rory got a real thing going. And I took down in my notes, I came out of, the, we don't, we don't, obviously don't do a lot of live golf or a lot of like European tour. But coming out of that tournament, just with some of the big names that were there, I got three battles, Rory McElroy versus Patrick Reed, Patrick Reed versus the rules of golf. And then my personal favorite is Rory McElroy versus Eddie's nerves. And we're getting, we're getting right there to the end where my nerves may be coming to the end of, of their tolerance for Rory and another hot take alert. I hate to, you know, crap over another really good guy on tour. Like I apparently do. I'm getting a little fed up with some of the self-righteousness here from Rory and avoiding Patrick Reed in the last group. And some of just like, it's just too, it's too much. It's too much. You're not this much of a good guy. You don't like Greg Norman. You have a problem with what Liv did, which is fine. Get over it and let's all move on. And he won the tournament and that's fantastic. But it feels like every single, every single quote, every single move he makes is with the intention to get a dig in at somebody associated with live. And it's just a little over the top for me now. Like they just chose to play on a different tour. There are obviously moral things involved. We don't have to get into, but like we're we're past that now there are two different tours. Let's move on. I'm just getting a little, it's getting a little old for me
1: for sure and i think it it comes down to inherently like what like what do people want i think to be in, in sports or in in anything when they're watching movies or shows or anything people just want to be entertained right so yeah. it, it is the entertainment value there and i think you need a little bit of that villain that controversy piece to to keep people watching if you even relate it back to something that every everybody watched this weekend which was the the conference championship games in the, right. In the nfl right were people talking about the gameplay not so much right they want to talk about the refs how they screwed over the you know how they messed up the game or they want to no, talk about no, the, Kev, the con-
0: Kev, wait 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 go back you said it right they screwed <laughs> over the bengals we can put that on. We can put
1: that in writing.
0: We can put that in writing. <laughs> All right. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> don't sugarcoat it, man. It. Say, <laughs> know, say it. with your chest. We know what happened. Yeah. The,
1: but 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 those are the main conversation topics, right? It's it's the refs. It's the comments made after the game. Like yeah. nobody's talking about the actual gameplay as much as you want to right. admit, admit or like try to sell that you like sports or like a true sports fan. I don't yeah. think that really does it for most people. Like it's not you want you want to talk about other things things that you can relate to people are inherently like they want to relate it back to themselves right like if you may uh, nobody and everyone's always like talk shit with their friends over sports or or like competing and i was like okay yeah like i can relate to that like the comments made after the game or you know whatever it is that that people want to talk about but i i think that golf is missing that uh, and I don't know how they get it, honestly. And I, and I don't have a solution. But I think I think that's a little bit of what they need to find is is that sort of controversy. And um, and just, just something to draw eyeballs.
0: Yeah. And it's what makes the Ryder Cup. Like, you know, viewers turn into the Ryder Cup, President's Cup. Like, when you have any, uh, you know, your team versus the opponent. And even when you don't have to bond with golfers. But you just say America. America versus yeah. Europe. And you can bond with America. And now you have somebody you're rooting for. And now you're into it and it's captivating and there's, you know, there, there is more competition when you're playing a direct, you know, match play or something where there's like direct, um, rivalries. It brings more eyes to it. It's more captivating for me, I think for the, the popular sports fan too, um, for everybody, but there's just so many nice guys on the PGA tour and everybody is sort of bonded together and we, I don't think we've ever done like anything on live and all that. And I, you know, I'm probably getting ahead of ourselves here, but there are some tournaments with no cuts and I'm sure we have some time to, you know, hit a bigger topic like that later. But like, why isn't the PGA doing like a PGA versus live Ryder cup series? I know there's money involved and you don't, you know, you don't think you want live like piggybacking off you, but man, the eyeballs that would draw and what that would do for the game and what, you know, how many viewers you could bring to the PGA. That would be my idea. I know that'll never happen, but that's, yeah, we need something to captivate us more than, um, more for people that don't love this game and don't play this game. Like, how are you going to get them to watch? I don't see it unless, you know, to your point, there's some sort of controversy or or something to make and even if it's
1: if it's just getting away, like the, the PGA is in love with the 72-hole stroke play, right? Like we see it in week in and week out. Like like you mentioned, yeah. so just some, do something different, like the team aspect, the match play aspect, the alternate shot aspect. Like people just like that stuff because, right. like you said, there, there isn't like a main golfer that people are sort of drawn to root for now. So if you make it into a, sort of a team thing, I think people will be more apt to be passionate about it a little bit more so. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. And we'll see what Tiger's league does. And I, and I do think when Tiger plays on the PGA, like the five times, like you have what you're looking for, but he's the only person that can provide it. You know, yep. people, everybody watches when Tiger plays, but he, he just doesn't have that many tournaments left. Like we're, we're, we're at a finite place in his career now. Um, right. So yeah, they, they'll be in trouble if they don't replace that. Um. Oh dude, I love that. That was a great, a great little, uh you know, not, not directly on golf analyst here, but. I like that little deeper philosophical talk before we get into some of the minutiae of actually trying to win this pool and think about what's going on. Um, but with that in mind, I don't have a lot to say about the farmers. I don't know if you had any points you wanted to hit if we do a quick recap of the farmers before we get to the AT and T this week. You got anything?
1: Uh not much. Um it was nice to see nice to see a great feel. You know, I was gonna touch on that a little bit this week, but like obviously we're this week, a little bit downfield. So it was nice to see, you know, like Rom, you some of those bigger names that we um, haven't seen a ton of yet this season um, just to watch them play. And it was nice to, always nice to see Tori Pines, you know, rec- recognizable course, nice, um, difficult track. So to sort of see how they come out and play that course was, was good to see, but I didn't watch a ton of it, honestly, um, I mean, I saw the leaderboard. You know, Sam Ryder kind of coming into the weekend, and then I saw on Saturday the, the five names behind him were like big time names. I was, I was thinking in my head, like if you're if you're that guy, you gotta be like looking in the rearview mirror a little bit and, and being a little little nervous, or you know, coming up on Sunday. So, and, and lo and behold, that's sort of what happened. Is he kind of fell off? But, um, but yeah, that's all I sort of took away from it.
0: Yeah, I had some notes. I watched primarily on thursday wednesday and thursday as we had the the weird format um so i was following finau obviously because i doubled up on him and Shafle in our two pools and i had all these stats ready to go for when finau missed the cut after his first day (laughs) so i'll get into some of those if you'd like (laughs) the big one is finau six putts missed inside seven feet in the first round um that's significant it's a lot of putts from a pretty short distance um, but but the, the big takeaway I take from that stat is like, is Tony like really going to make a run this year if you know he's I don't know where he ended up finishing, but I feel like it was top 10. He was he was near the top of the leaderboard the, the remainder of the tournament, even though he had that incredibly poor putting performance on day one. But if his numbers are like that and he's still putting that poorly and making top 10s like, I don't know, man, if that, you know, regresses back to the mean a little bit like six shots, he wins the tournament. And now it's a different story, but somebody I'm looking at when he gets in some of these tournaments is trying to, I guess, buy low on an already, um, already one of the studs obviously, but he won't be, I guess, in the majors, one of the, I would guess two or three favorites, five favorites. So if you can get him at a discounted price, um, you know, looking at some of these scores and not really breaking down the stats might be something to take advantage of. Um, he will not be in the field this coming weekend. Um, we are back on something like a normal schedule in terms of the days, the, this week's tournament is the AT&T uh, Pebble Beach. Um, it is a 54-hole cut event again, um, but it starts on the right day this week. So picks will be in on Thursday. We'll go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the cut will be on Saturday. And much like a tournament earlier in the year, another another Pro-Am, uh, uncoincidentally, this is also going to pl- be played on three different courses and we will also have a lot of the same talk track as the Amex in terms of what you're looking for what some of the pitfalls to a format like this is and um you know how you should plan accordingly um so we're 54 holes and we're a pro-am so as we talked about when this first happened long rounds you need patience and you need these guys that aren't going to be rattled by um you know being out there for five and a half six hours uh with, with some amateurs um all three courses uh pebble beach spyglass hill and uh monterey peninsula uh, right around seven thousand yards, six hundred, you know, 7000 Very, very, very short. Um, all three are in the bottom of average driving distance in these tournaments, especially Pebble Beach, which is near the very bottom. Um, I think the average drive is like two sixty-four at Pebble, and that's just because the course is so small. You know, this is not a course that bombers are going to be able to overpower. This is more for the the plotters and those with some pretty good short game. Um, all three courses very small very small greens. Um, so you're going to want people with some short game. Um, yeah, I keep I keep saying these courses are short, but you read anything. It, it's short, it's small, short game, and putting. Feel the same way?
1: 100%, yeah. So, um, yeah, Pebble Beach is the smallest greens on tour, I believe. Uh, this is 100% the worst field we have seen uh, year to date and probably one of the worst fields we will see for the entire year. Uh, as you mentioned, 54 hole cut, um, a little different, only top 60 in ties make it through the cut this week. So as if it wasn't already hard enough to get a guy through the cut, uh, it's even cut down a little bit more. That's so normally top 65 in ties this week, top 60. Um, as I mentioned, it is the pro-amp. The Saturday view um, it is almost probably the worst, i don't want to downplay it. i think it's the worst television watching experience that you've ever tried to watch because um they'll cut, they i don't cut need to, to see like bill murray hack yeah. it around
0: for five <laughs> holes that's just my personal opinion but that's what you see when you turn it on
1: yeah it's so much uh, like celebrity centric uh interviews and it's just i don't know it's not very enjoyable honestly but um yeah, so, so weak fields. Um, so you have to dig a little deeper on this one. As Ed mentioned, the greens are very small, so you want guys who are going to be able to scramble around the greens, because greens will be missed. Um, it's going to and... be pretty soft,
0: Kev. I don't know if you've seen some of the flooding that's been around that area. I've been reading that the course is okay. going to play exceptionally soft, which is kind of nice. Um, but I... Yeah, the, these 54 holes and weak fields and easy... you know, Not easy, because they are small greens, but Nobody's going to have an advantage here. Everybody's sort of playing on an even playing field. And, you know, something else to sort of go to your point, a bad viewing experience, again, a tournament where two of the three courses don't have shot tracer, can't just be double,
1: Just double, that right? That
0: is so brutal again. Like, it's just so hard to, it's so hard to watch. It takes a lot of the fun out of it for me, but,
1: you know, it is what it is. On the bright side, we do have a great uh, sort of lineup of tournaments coming up in the next Mm. few weeks. So we have a couple of the the waste management coming up next weekend, which is always Super Bowl weekend. Uh, Great tournament, great atmosphere, all of that. And then uh, I believe the Genesis Invitational, I think, maybe the week after that, if my memory serves correctly, Um, which will just both be super strong fields uh, and great tournaments. So
0: we're getting we're getting through this tough january stretch and we'll get on to some some better tournaments hopefully. yeah just gr- just grind it out grind it out to the meat of the season we're, we're almost there the the yeah. the waste management is obviously a fantastic not only tournament and field but also the viewing experience is just fantastic crowds right. um you know what save it ken it's next week yeah. stay in the present here stay in the present right. i'm getting excited here Another, okay, so, another
1: positive, I'll say just on the, the, the pool in general, is that after that brutal week one, uh, everyone seems to have experienced some relatively good success those past couple weeks. Um, we've had the you know, majority of people make it through uh, with very minimal cuts. So uh, well done to the fields, You know, everybody sort of involved there.
0: Yep. And the three cuts this week, at least uh, the three, I think it was Zalatoris, Spawn, and Hayden Buckley, all were well inside the cut line on day one. And all collapsed on day two. I think Spawn and Buckley. I don't know if Buckley got to 80, but it, it was pretty close to to shoot an 80 on the day. He was plus six, plus seven, plus eight. Spawn, like same that. thing. Zalatoris, same thing. And I know I watched Zalatoris closely because he was my guy and got cut. Uh missed a three foot par putt amateur side to miss the cut. So that's always really fun. Um I won't be picking him in his 170 yards of messed or 170 pounds of messed up putting stroke ever again.
1: Um, his, his putting stroke is something something to watch,
0: man. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. Now I don't I don't pretend to be a good golfer. I think the only pro I could probably beat is Max Homa. But like, come on, man. How are you lasting on tour? As you know, with a stroke like that, it's inside. It's outside. It cuts across. I just don't get it. Don't get it, but he's not in the field this week, so we don't have to bring him into it. But when I was thinking about who I'm going to sort of look for for betting and picking this week, um, already talked about short game. Um, I want a good wedge player this week. I know the key stat from what I've read is 100 to 150, or most of the approach shots. That's that's a wedge or a, or a low or um, uh, you know a low iron in your hand to those greens. Um, it's shots gained around the green again, speaking to the short game. And then there's a very strong correlation uh, with course history on this tournament guys that have played well at this pebble specifically, but this three course rotation, this, this event seem to have some repeatable success. Um, last year winners, Tom Hoagie, um, certainly not a bomber, great ball striker. Um, and, and, you know, he, I think is the third favorite this week. Not, not a guy that you would, um, not, not quite there, but he's in the top five of favorites at, 20 to one um, just speaks to, again, the the sort of shallow nature of this field. Um, so as I always do, Kev, I'll give you the, uh, you know, I have two sort of fav- more favorites um, that I sort of like that are under the radar. Uh, you know, a couple middle ground and then, and then one long shot. Um, my favorite, quote unquote, and, you know, trying to stay away from Spieth and Fitzpatrick because, you know, they are the two favorites and they seem like the most solid picks. But that's no fun. Um, I like Maverick McNeely. And I like Seamus Power. Um, both have awesome course history here. Um, uh, McNeely's putting stats and short game stats this season so far have been pretty spectacular. Um, even if that comes back to the middle a little bit, um, I, I feel good about the rest of his game to sort of go low. Um, for my mid tier guy, I like Taylor Moore at 50 to 1, and I like Ben Griffin at 40 to 1. Two guys with, again, some strong course history here. Um, Taylor Moore, I'll just say, that there's a pretty equal shot that he will be in last place in this tournament as to being near the top of the leaderboard. Um, his game is super volatile, but again, strong course history. So I'm just trying to bank on somebody for, again, like a first-round leader, first-round top five, something like that versus maybe an outright. And then my bomb, finally, is at 100-1, to 1, and it's uh, Troy Marriott, uh, again, a plotter, with some good game, good course history, but again, not a guy that uh, I'm going to put any serious money on, but at a hundred to one, you know, you throw a few bucks on it, hope it hits or or further shorter odds um, with maybe a more likely chance of hitting, uh, you know, top five, top 10 finish. Excellent. Yeah.
1: Um, Glad you highlighted on uh, Power and McNeely. those are definitely two guys i'm looking at as well i'm also going to go i I'm, I'm just look i mean you're seeing like these guys up towards the top of the board and it's just like we're used to seeing these guys at like like mid like at least fifty if not higher numbers and now they're they're yeah. sort of up in the top ten but i'll go back to Putnam i mean just uh i mean great history like the past couple of weeks uh, the game is there for sure, so he's a guy I have a lot of confidence in right now um sort of up towards the top of the board there and then looking a little bit further down uh i really like davis riley uh just his game in general he's had a lot not, kind of waiting for him to have a lot of success on the pga tour he's had a lot on the corn ferry where he spent most of his time in the last couple of years uh but definitely a real solid game uh so waiting for him to sort of have like a kind of breakout season um this year so he's sort of like my mid-range guy i'm looking at And then this guy, I shouted out, I think a couple, maybe it was like week one or two, but uh, this guy I really like a lot. And he's at uh, plus 110 to one. um, And he's a guy that I really trust to make a lot of cuts. And that's Kevin Streelman. I know I, yeah, yeah, that's my, that's my, I I just, every, I think every time I've gone to him in a tough spot, he always comes through. So, He's a guy that I really I really like and, and support. So um yeah, those are probably the ones I'm looking at most, I would say.
0: Everybody loves uh Streelman. <laughs> It's great. You everybody or what I meant to say is everybody has their guy, that's their little security blanket. Yeah. I think we've picked up on on who yours may be on some of these yeah, ins- I gotta
1: support the Kevins out there, you know. Yeah, great name right. as well. Great name that's as right. well. That's
0: right. <laughs> and I'd say just to just to give a little insight, the Davis Riley pick, I was talking to um Somebody in this pool uh, earlier this year, who's actually my, my, my coach, my golf coach um, who said that at these younger, at these um, easier tournaments on the shorter courses with sort of the watered down fields, it may not be a bad idea to take some of these corn fairy guys. And the reason why is they are so used to in those events having to birdie hunt um, because all of those events are finishing you know, 20 plus under par to win those, so they're used to uh, hitting, playing at flags, playing an aggressive game, trying to score. Um, maybe not playing some of the more major winning style, which is a little more conservative and picking your spots when you know there's only a few birdies to be had. They're used to, you know, full pedal to the metal, trying to go as low as possible with sort of um, no regard to the the alternative, which is falling out of contention. Um, but speaking to Davis Riley again in, in a weak field. Somebody like that who's used to playing super aggressive. If he gets hot, you know, you hit your bomb and you just funded your entire season, basically, if yeah. you hit it. So, good,
1: uh, good insight there. I will say um, one guy I'm a little disappointed. In. He's been having great history these past couple weeks. Is Jason Day, and he usually does play this event. I know. Uh, he would have been a guy I was on for sure, uh, but I think he's playing. He's had a nice couple weeks and I think he's playing the waste management and um, the genesis the following week. So I guess this is his, his week to take off maybe. But
0: yeah. That's funny you said that, Kev. As soon as I heard Pebble Beach, I was like this adjacent day week because so when I yes. think of like smooth short game, like he's one of the guys that does come to mind, but yeah, not in the field. So
1: he also does not mind that uh six hour pace. He doesn't mind taking his time. So he
0: certainly <laughs> does not. That is for yeah. damn sure. Um yeah that was that was one of uh Oh God, I feel like it's going to become like a Max podcast. But like in Max's life advice, one thing he did say, and, and I, I should have given him his flowers earlier in this podcast, but I'll try to at the very end here. He did have one answer that we'll, we'll probably touch upon it in another podcast because I want to elaborate on it, but it was just like understanding why you play and what your standard was um, as a beginner. Like, what do you want out of the game? What do you, what, what what's going to draw you to the game? And he went into a pretty good answer that we'll get into. But one thing he did say is if you're a beginner, everybody hates a slow player play fast and everybody will like you and for that max you get a plus one this week so i'm not going to end the podcast with a negative max thing I'll, i'll end there for me um and you know i'm i love pebble i hate that the coverage is pretty crummy but this is another sort of famous course that if you're watching like enjoy watching this course it's the most beautiful place on earth there will be some cool shots there's a lot of elevation changes Everybody sort of remembers Jordan Spieth hanging off like a, you know, a cliff a couple hundred feet up last year, hitting a shot. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch yeah, if you yeah. determine to watch it. But, you know, it'll be a will be a little tricky to speak pick. I think,
1: yeah, I think, I think in general, the PGA needs to do a better job of utilizing Pebble Beach. Like it needs to be somewhere else other than this. Then you get to you, the U.S. Open will be there from, you know, every few years, but I think I could do something more with it. it like you said, it's, it, it really is a joy. To watch the guys play there. So I think they need to make it more of a sort of a regular tour stop, not the this Pro Am sort of setup, but hopefully.
0: Great. Well, I am uh I'm good with that. I am uh on the way to sim league after this with uh SG. So we'll see how that goes. I I you know, I'd hate to come back next week and you know have like a three under on the sim at Tory Pines and be able to say like max i could actually i could actually beat you i'm just saying definitely um, be
1: definitely be will z no doubt about
0: that so i will uh <laughs> I'll, I'll come back with maybe a little more pep in my step next week ready to challenge some other pros on this pot um yeah but i enjoyed it as always you good all good all man. good man yep sounds good good luck right, tonight good luck everybody man i'll see you i'll see you next week peace all right dude